safe wherever you are and um, I hope all is well with you and yours. Um, so this episode is titled From Generation to Generation. Yesterday we started off a um, um, interrogation into the, what God means by ger- generations and you know how he deals with them, what I could learn about generations and um, yesterday's title was this generation if you haven't seen it or listened to it please go back and listen to it it's um, not too long and it's quite brief i think it was a it was a very good music for me to do because like i said in the yesterday's um podcast i've always wondered why i've always felt like i didn't fit in and i didn't fully realize that it wasn't that i didn't fit in it's just that i did not fit in with my generation i've always wondered that the things that my age mates seem to want so i mean people five years younger five years older you know i i i, just, I don't want, i know the things they want the way they think the way they reason i i found myself always constantly being misunderstood by my ger- generation and i used to wonder you know i i just used to wonder you know and even to the people that you would think that after having related with them for a while that they got to know me i just realized that people just they just never did get me and i thought maybe it was because of my upbringing i didn't really know why but a, a series of things in this um past few days has made me really understand that it's not just it's not just that it just made me it just answered some question i talked about that yesterday so i won't go too much into that so um i think my my reflection from yesterday and is that there there seems to be a, 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 a mindset attitudes and behaviors that are prevalent in the generation and yesterday we talked about the generation that you know jesus described as adulterous and sinful generation there were some that were dis- de- described as rebellious by the prophets you know and then there were some that were described by the psalmist as those who you know will seek after god so every generation has its unique characteristics and, and like we said it also varies according to time context geographical situation but by and large there are some words you can use that really describe generality of people in that generation and you that's on spiritual levels according to the word of god you know so many other things normal everyday values and all that and we see that also in our own natural world as it is now but god also looks at the earth in terms of generations and he has words to describe each generation now whether those words are positive or whether they are you know not positive within every generation there will be people who will be on the outliers of that and we saw that yesterday as well where even in a generation that was adulterous and sinful people like moses you know were outliers and they were a known voice also the prophets many of them within their time when idolatry and all of that was reigning from a spiritual perspective there were one or two people prophets that god could use to speak to that generation and we also saw that sometimes god raises people as outliers within a generation so that they can speak ahead knowing that even though that generation may not receive what they say but that generations to come will read those writings and learn so god has very much a long-term generational view so i as his child should also have that view i should also think beyond my own generation to my children's generation and my children's children's generation so i should make sure that whatever it is i'm doing in my life right now for god is such that we'll go beyond the generations you know in as much as we are also reaching out to the generations. so because god has that view so that was where we started off yesterday and it was a, like i said it was a big 
was very useful <sighs> it's god really spoke to me and you know he answered some questions and i would encourage everyone you know i find that in my life what there are a lot of questions that i have that are not answered and i think that i don't realize that god is actually taking note of those questions because what he has done for me over this musings period is to be asking questions of my heart so questions that i've had that i've never really they're not they're not serious enough for me to go to him and be you know pray and say oh god it's just i'm just wondering why is this thing this way you know he's he's started answering those questions through some of these music so yesterday he answered one of those long-standing questions for me you know and some other things happened even after the podcast that really brought it home for me and then i understood and i have peace now concerning those things because now i understand you know and, and i see in the bible that it's okay to be an outlier in your generation so long as you are following god it's okay not to conform you know particularly if you see that you know what where the generation is heading is not where god is leading you to head and you know god is not does not call us to conformity but if the generation or the spirit of the age or the spirit of the of the generation aligns with what god is doing or what god is telling you to do then by all means go in the flow but the most important thing is to follow the lord who is god from generation to generation so the title of today is from generation to generation thank you for joining is daniel 4 verse 3 and it says how great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation this is daniel speaking by inspiration um, during one of his the many times he had to speak um, about god and just describing god um you know before the uh, the people in in, in, in in babylon while he was in captivity so he was describing god and he said look that how great are his signs how mighty are his wonders and the kingdom of god is an everlasting one and his dominion is from generation to generation so this tells us that god's kingdom his dominion outlasts all generations so he's not the god of one generation and then not the god of the other he's 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 the most high god and he created the generations he's lord of the generations and he has dominion over generation to generation and i think why this is important to me and i'm seeing this out again i i see this playing out again in, like i said events going on right now in my country because i think many times people you know things get so bad on the earth that we forget that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and he gives it to whomsoever he will it is daniel that also said that he said that as part of his prophetic um you know words to the book telling him that god even though he allows the children of men to run things and sometimes the children of men you know give the yield to demons and and and, and evil um, forces and they commit acts of wickedness it doesn't mean that god has yielded his dominion and that every now and then particularly when he sees that the cup of the wicked is full to overflowing he makes it a point of duty to show the men upon the earth that his dominion is from generation to generation and i personally believe in fact i believe that god chooses moments auspicious moments in every generation to show this dominion i think this year has been you know quite phenomenal and unprecedented but there have I, I if i look at every generation every 25 years i see that there are things that happen sometimes at the level of the world 
many times in nations and communities to show them that he still rules in the kingdom of men. And what he does when he, he, he makes it always comes with judgment upon the acts of wickedness, thrones. A lot of the significant governments, very evil governments that we just see brought down in a day, sudden, as in brought down suddenly, is the judgment of God. The Bible tells us that in Revelations in Daniel, we've read that in previous music. Anytime the judgment of God comes, it is sudden. It is the judgment of man that takes time. You know, you go to court, he's going back and forth. When God judges, it overnight suddenly says in one night their destruction will come that's what that is the end of babylon and babylon is the representation of every evil system that is upon the earth that is wicked that drinks the blood of the innocent and the righteous that is you know that is their judgment so when it comes suddenly in one night as in before you even have time to understand what's going on the kingdom has been brought down the power has been brought down the authority has been brought down the throne has been brought down the dominion has been brought down that is the judgment of god so he says that his dominion is from generation to generation. So in every generation, in my generation, there will be acts that God will commit to, to, to he will exercise that dominion. So that we all are clear, people who are spiritual, they are observant and they are discerning to know that God is still the most high God. Yes, there are thrones. Yes, there are principalities. Yes, there are powers. There are kings. There are dominions. There are rulers. But he is over highly and over above all of them they are all subject to him they are even subject to the cho- to his children they are subject to his angels they are created while he is the creator so he still retains the dominion as the most high god as the creator and that is what this um, scripture is saying so he's warning all generations is an advice and i think it's even more of a warning actually that the dominion for us to remember that God has an everlasting kingdom, it will outlive us, all of us, it will outlive me. Thank God it will. At least at least my physical reign upon this earth, my physical life upon this earth. And his dominion is from generation to generation. So in every generation, there is God, God has dominion in that generation, and he will choose to exercise it in the way at the time, in the season, and for his purpose as he wills. So Ephesians 3, 20 to 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So this is for now praying that, you know, as God, even though God has, as God has dominion from generation to generation, he's also praying that, you know, that, um, first of all, he started by exalting God as a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask, you and I can ask or think. And he said that he's able to do that in my life, in your life, in our lives, according to the power that works within us, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. He's now giving glory to him. And he, he now makes it as a prayer and says, to him, to the Most High God, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. So that's a prayer that in the may, may, may our works be such that they will be so vibrant in every generation that it, it, it will, glory will come to him through us and that the glory will be returned, you know, at the, that glory will come to him through us in all generations, in my generation, the generation after me, the generation before me, and those that will come afterwards. So that was a prayer ahead that every generation will come to a place of realization that Jesus is Lord, walk the works of God, the Holy Spirit will walk through them and that they will return glory back unto him. 
And I echo that prayer in Jesus' name. So shall it be my generation and the generations after me, my children's generation and their children's children, children and um, after after them in Jesus' name. Amen. So Job 8 8 says, Please inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers. This was Job during his reflections, during his period of tribulation where he was saying we should inquire. And and I, I totally agree with this because I think sometimes there is wisdom for each generation, and I'm going to read that in the next scripture here. So sometimes if you find out, and I think I'm talking to myself here, this is really God speaking to me. If I find if I if you find out that there is generation, the wisdom that you need is lacking in your generation, it, it makes sense to go and ask from maybe those who have gone before sometimes like even if i if i look at my secular life there are many things i have i have learned from the from the um, next generation that's the millennials particularly in the workplace particularly things around social media new media i'm still learning and now even from what is going on the protest movement in my country i am learning so much more about how they are organizing through social media how community-led um activism and social change is amazing you know i'm I'm learning so much we never had these are things i saw um, being done in other parts of the world i have never seen it done at this scale you know i've never seen it i mean of course we've seen the beginnings of it through many things but you know so there is wisdom even in the natural side, there is natural wisdom that is given to each generation. And it's not something we should be competitive about. I'm seeing a lot of negative competitiveness and, you know, some sen- underlying sentiments coming up intergenerationally around some of what is going on. And I think it's unnecessary because every generation has, you know, the wisdom that they have. But when, you know, the times are calling for a wisdom that your generation does not have, also be humble enough to admit that you don't have that wisdom and look for it where you have it, which I think is what is happening now. And I think some people in my generation are not finding it comfortable, which I really don't understand. But I mean, let's, let's back that. So this is what the word is saying. So even in spiritual times, God is saying that inquire of past generations and consider the things searched out by their fathers. So yes, but in this case, I also say, there are things we can also learn not only from past generations but even from future generations which is what we're seeing um, as well so but um yeah so the, the and what the scriptures have done is the scriptures have have detailed the wisdom that has been given to past generations so he was actually telling them to go to into scripture and check what the prophets and others have said about who god is and how he deals with the children of men and again i align with that advice because that is why we are using everything that we're reading now is what was written in past generations to people who knew god who walked with god who served god who were used by god and were inspired of god to document the things that god revealed to them and we are so grateful for that so ephesians 3 4 to 5 this is paul now speaking saying and you can see there's a very good balance of um, generational conversation in the bible both from new testament to old we're just jumping from one to the other seamlessly there were about a hundred references so really i think we can all settle it that god really thinks in generations he walks in generations his dominion is from generation to generation because yeah all throughout the, the bible generations we can also we can see that reference god using that word to speak to people you know telling them things that he wants accomplished in each generation he's very intentional in his approach and his language and his tone and his messaging to each generation so ephesians 3 and his expectations as well ephesians 3, which, which then makes me wonder what is his expectation of my generation and what am i doing and have i found my place in this but anyways that's my own personal offline work to do so ephesians 3 45 says by referring to this 
when you read you can understand my insight into the mystery of christ which is which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit so yeah this is really awesome this is really really nice because this is paul now really saying that you know acknowledging the fact that his generation as the early church as the apostles who were the forerunners of the gospel after the death resurrection and ascension of jesus christ realizing that what was revealed to them is unprecedented in the history of god's relationship and ongoing partnership with man and that what they were seeing even angels it had not been revealed to anyone any generation before them so he what he was telling the church then was that they should understand this the significance of this and handle that with the sacred trust that it required and, and, and I think they really, really did that. You know, and it's amazing that, you know, he says in other generations, it was not made known to the sons of men. And, and this is why I say God is very intentional. So it's not now for the people in other generations to now be questioning God. Ah, why did you reveal it to them now? You didn't reveal it to them. No, because God has, he sees all. And that's why he's a God, his dominion is from generation to generation. He's looking at the end from the beginning. So he's he's slicing and dicing his purpose, you know, and, and curating it and, and lo- locating it in, in, in the boxes, in the generation box that he knows will handle it in the way that he needs. And each one is leading to one another. It's like a chain link. So yes, and I, I think in some generations, some of the, um, the, 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 the responsibilities that they are carrying are quite significant in terms of the over, overarching purpose. And if one finds themselves in that situation, I think the most important thing is to have an understanding of the times and to know what is required of that person to do and to align with it fully. These men knew. They knew that what they were doing was going to chart the course of spiritual history and God's partnership for generations to come. They knew it was going to be world-changing. They knew that it would lay the foundation for communities around Jesus, around his spirit, around his flow for ages to come. They knew it would outlive them, outlive their generations that they could foresee. And they handled it with that sacred trust. A, 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 A very unique understanding of the times and I, I I pray that God will help me and us and everyone anyone everyone listening that may we have that same sense of purpose awareness understanding and obedience to any purpose any responsibility anything that has been given into our hands as a sacred trust yeah because spirit souls lives are dependent on it we thank god for the apostles who carry that sacred trust well I would end this amazing uh, today, but I, I'm not going to. Uh, from where I'm going, I think I'll, I'll continue again tomorrow. But let's just go on. So Colossians 1 25 to 26 says, Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God 
bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden. Yes. So we, we did talk about that. So in other generations, in previous generations, this is him also reinforcing what he had said to the church of Ephesus. He repeated it to the Colossian church that the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of God's redemption plan for mankind, all of that was hidden in previous generations but revealed in his own generation. Um, so I will now read a few scriptures where Jesus was describing the characteristics of the generation that he lived in. First of all, before I do that, Psalms uh, Mark nine to Mark nine nineteen, he said, and he answered and said to them, "Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you?" Yeah, that was Jesus as well. So he described his generation, the generation he was born in, that's Jesus, as an unbelieving generation. Genesis 17, 7 says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant um, to for an for everlasting covenant to be uh, yeah to be God to you and them forever. After her to be God to you and them after you. So this is God speaking to Abraham that the covenant he was going to establish with him was not just with him but also to him his, in his generation as well as to between him and between him and Abraham and his descendants after him in their generations for an everlasting covenant so that in fact that means in all of Abraham's uh, generations and that the covenant was so that he would be God to Abraham and his generations after him you know and and, and that was that so God is very much a generate from generation so he had a generation to generation covenant with Abraham and in the apostles, the apostles tell us in the epistles that the seed of Abraham are not just those that were born um, after Abraham according to the blood, to the flesh, but those who would believe in Jesus and have the same sort of faith that Abraham um, you know, um, had towards God. It says Abraham believed God and he was counted unto him for righteousness. So everyone that walks in the same faith of Abraham and that receives God and his son Jesus and, and has faith in him and walks in that faith according to the faith of Abraham, and, you know, it is also counted unto him um, as righteousness and the seed of Abraham. So that's the generational, um, from generation to generation covenant that God has done with Abraham and his seed. <clears throat> Of course, we also remember that the promise to Abraham said, "In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed." So that also shows that God, even in His covenant with Abraham, was not thinking about one nation. He was thinking about a covenant that He would use as an entry point to impact all the nations of the earth and the children within the generations of that nation who will choose to believe upon God and the covenant that He made with Abraham through the appointed Savior Jesus Christ. So Jesus said in Mark 8, 39, 38, that whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So this shows that God does not, you know, the fact that one is living in, a, in an adulterous and sinful generation does not give one the excuse. God will not say, oh, because, uh, yes, there was generally adulterous, and this, this was a, a sinful generation, so, you know, it's understandable why I would be ashamed, or, you know, or one would be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he, he's saying that even regardless of what the dominant spirit is, or the dominant mindset or attitude towards him is in every generation, that does not remove individual and personal accountability. We will all be held accountable for whatever we do in our generation. 
whether it is in line with God's purpose or not. I personally think it helps if one is in a generation where they are, like I said, they are seeking the face of God and they are doing what is right. I have very much faith, a lot of faith in the younger generations in my country because I think that amongst them, there is more of a willingness to do what is right um, rather than to do what, I, I think in my generation, there was there, there, was, there, there is more of an attempt to conform and not shake the boat where, where you don't rock the boat generation. This other generation is very okay with rocking the boat and shaking tables if it means this is what is required to change things into what you know is a better way to be and so yeah so matthew 16 4 says an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and a sign will not be given unto them except the sign of jonah so this was jesus again so the words that he used for that generation of people in israel they were never they were not good words at all but it's funny that out of that generation still came his apostles and when judas the one that was you know very much in line with the spirit of his generation he was the outlier amongst the twelve he still followed that spirit of his generation and went the way of the pharisees which is now makes sense why there had to be at least one of them because the prevailing so the apostles were actually non-conformists the prevailing spirit of that generation was one of skepticism so even though jesus the people that came to him they probably just came because of the miracles the signs and the wonders they were not really true believers if you know what i'm saying in fact the bible records that there were places where he could not even do any miracle because they did not believe in him and then there were also places where he said after he made that statement when he said that um, anybody that does not drink my eat my um, flesh or drink my body cannot walk with me he says from that day forward many people stopped coming around him so rather than for them to try and inquire okay what do you mean by this they just left and he it was so bad that he said he, he now looked at the apostles and asked them that okay are you also going to desert me so that must have been a real falling away you know many people must really have left for it for it to have gotten to the point then the when he when he asked the disciples i think it was peter peter now says yeah master how will you ask that thing? we have left all and followed you <laughs> we, we don't have anywhere else to go you know so but that tells me that a lot of people must really have left so it makes sense really that eventually he was crucified because it shows that and of course that he was then being scorned by the people there was not there was no public revolt against his crucifixion they, nobody revolted against the people of this so even though we say that it was the pharisees that crucified him the point was that that generation actually rejected, rejected jesus i'm just realizing that now and jesus saw that he said he, so he kept on so regardless of what he did uh, he raised the dead. I mean, really, by the time they are raising dead, what are you asking for again? And they don't say the person he raised the dead, the person died. The person survived, even outlived, you know, Jesus, as in, in terms of the person continued to live. The Bible documents, you know, it wasn't like he raised, you know. So that didn't matter. Everything didn't matter. And they had had John the Baptist even before that. So. He says they seek after a sign and that a sign will not be given to them except the sign of Jonah. Evil and adulterous. And it was really an evil and adulterous generation. Because even after he rose, they did everything to change the narrative. To make it look like he never rose. Even though they knew that he rose because he was not found in the tomb. And they never did find the body. And the, the, the officers described what had happened you know, outside of the tomb. But they made sure that they killed that narrative in Israel till today. So they were really an evil and adulterous generation. They were not after the truth. So I think for me, what I'm getting from all this, and I think what God is saying to me, and what he would like me to say as well, is that 
we in every generation god has a purpose in every generation god has a purpose for that generation and sometimes it may be only one man that will hear and receive that purpose and obey it and if you happen to be if i happen to be that one man or that handful of people like the apostles is okay because for those ones who will not or who will oppose the purpose of God in their generation, their judgment will come. And tomorrow's lesson we will talk about that. About how God deals with the people who stand against his purpose and work against his people in every generation. Because God is good. And his intention for every generation is good. Even the people who are standing for his purpose, they are the ones helping to preserve the earth and make sure that darkness does not overtake. So God does not take it lightly for those people who want to keep darkness so that they can kill and destroy the works of God's hands and still kill and destroy people that God has created and lives that God has watched over and nurtured and given. So I will end this here now at this point and I just want to thank you God because you are the great and mighty God. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion is from generation to generation. I pray that your will be done on earth in this time, in this generation as it is done in heaven. Let your purpose for my generation be fulfilled. Let your purpose for me in my generation be fulfilled. me to do my part in fulfilling that purpose. I worship you God because in my life your dominion will be from generation to generation over me, over my household, over my generations after me. I covenant my entire generations unto you. I release my hold upon them and I give them over to you. Do what you will, not just in my generation, but in all generations after me. Jesus name. Amen. As you did for Abraham and his generations, so shall you do for me. Because we are under the blood of Jesus and sealed by your covenant. For in Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Musings with Jesus. Um, if you are already saved, I encourage you to continue in the study of the Word and the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you are not yet a believer and you are yet to give your life to Christ, you're, you know maybe you have in the past, or you're just you just feel you're at a point where you need to really make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and you would like to give your life to Christ, please join me now in a very simple prayer. You can say this after me. You can say it under your breath. You can say it in your heart. The most important thing is that you believe. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 says, if we believe with our hearts the Lord Jesus and we confess him as Lord, he will save us. And that with our hearts man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So please join me in this um, short prayer. Almighty God, I confess that I am a sinner. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
uh, please i would need you to repeat this after me so let's let's take that again almighty god i confess that i am a sinner i believe with all my heart that jesus christ is lord and that he is the way the truth and the life i believe your word that you sent him to the earth to die for my sins and you raised him from the dead for my redemption lord jesus come into my life be my lord and my savior save me from sin and save me from spiritual death create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me help me to know you and to serve you all the days of my life thank you lord for saving me in jesus name amen father lord i thank you for everyone that has prayed this prayer and i commit them unto you and unto the word of your grace thank you for being able i know that you are the one that is able to build them up and to give them their own inheritance in the saints father let your name be glorified show them your way show them your will and let them walk with you in jesus name if you have prayed this prayer congratulations you are now a child of god you have every authority to deal with god as a father i would recommend that you begin to build a relationship with the word of god through the bible and i think a good way to start is to get a good bible and start reading from matthew read about the gospel of jesus christ it's very self-explanatory the words will come alive and they will just do miracles in your hearts and in your mind um, please stay tuned to this podcast as well because it's an ongoing journey it's a daily podcast we, re- we record every day and i trust god that every day god will give something that would inspire you and make your journey with him and the world even more interesting i would also recommend that you go to www.bibleprojects.com which is a site that has the Bible explained in very short and simple narrative videos. It also has podcast recordings. There's a YouTube channel. You can check it out as well. I think BibleProject.com is an excellent introduction into the Word of God and what it means to be part of the unified story in Christ Jesus. And finally, I would also recommend that you find a community of Bible believers near you, um, informally, online, wherever it may be, and um, let's share this experience and begin to build the journey as you would if you would also like you could also record a voice message and send it to me on my channel through anchor fm musings with jesus i wish you all the best in your own